Welcome back to The Dad Chronicle. I'm your host, I'm Alex Albisu, and this is episode 44. We are back with another roundtable discussion. Uh, today I have a couple of alumni from The Dad Chronicle, one of which you've heard recently. One is Joe Glorioso. Joe, thanks for uh, joining the show again. Hi, happy to be here. Thank you. Yes, thank you. All right, and of course we have Jamal Smith, uh, a personal inspiration of mine for starting this show. Thank you for uh, for being with us, sir. Great to be back, man. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah, so... Uh, before we, we jump into today's tumultuous topic <laughs> that we just kind of thought about like about 10 minutes ago, um, how are you guys doing since the last time? Busy, man. I've uh, started a new job, um, kid, sports stuff, yeah. school obligations, a big number difference between the, the summer and the school year. So all those adjustments, packing lunch again, mm-hmm. you know, my evenings are now dedicated to practices and all sorts of stuff. So, but I've been good. You know, it's just, it's a labor of love. Right? Yep. Yep. How about you, Joe? Sure. You, you were on a couple episodes ago. Yeah. It's been a few episodes, maybe. Yeah. Uh, gerbil wheel is still working, man. It I'm is. Just, good. I'm just still, still running on it, uh, trying to trying to make the electricity to make my family run. That, so that's, that's, a, that's a productive that's about, use of time that's about and an interesting metaphor, but that's okay. Yeah. I think that's good. <laughs> it's, it's kind of what it feels like every day, but... Uh, I feel you, know. you, my man. This, yeah. this is very true. Yeah, yeah we're, uh, we're, we're dealing with... Uh, let me think. Have I actually... I don't think I've talked about this on the show, but we're doing soccer with Aria, and, mm-hmm. uh, and that's, that's interesting because she's doing like... It's like kind of exercising her coordination a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's learning how to like listen to you when you tell her to stop running, which is greatly appreciated at yeah. this point in life. Um, that so that's been a that's been a really cool thing. They've got this like little kickers class out in uh and where where do we do this? It's out like towards Sterling okay. is where we do. But they okay. actually have them like all over Northern mm-hmm. Virginia, which is pretty cool. Um, what, what age did your kids start? So both my kids started at age four. They both played soccer first. So now yeah. my youngest son, that's all he plays is soccer. He did flag football too. And he was too young to even know what he was doing. He was like the team mascot. But he yeah. only plays uh, soccer now. And actually the first game was this past weekend. Um, and then my oldest plays basketball. He's exclusively basketball. He tries yeah. soccer, but all he wants to do is pick up a ball and shoot. He gets that for me. All I like is basketball too. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, it's fun, man. Like I think uh, youth sports are good for not only – teaching kids to get acclimated to another group of their peers, but also learning to take direction from other adults, yeah. which is pretty important too. Yep. Um, so it's, it's been cool kind of seeing them both grow in the, the sports and the team complex. It's been cool. That is cool. Yeah. yeah how about you, Joe? Um, so we, Nick got started, I believe he did soccer for the first time at four. Um, same kind of the concept, the little kickers, they, I think they call them like top shots or something in Burke. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mia tried soccer. Um, soccer and basketball didn't really work out for her. Yeah. Um, I did coach her in the soccer. That was a little bit of fun. I'm, I'm not, uh, soccer isn't my primary sport. So it was just kind of being like the helper dad because no, no other dad was showing up. <laughs> yeah. Kind of felt like kicking so, and screaming. From Will Ferrell, did you, do, you, know? did you just like raise hard. your hand it's, on the, like this? Like, like, I don't yeah. Know. I mean, really? it was, it was just like, I, didn't, I, didn't, I just didn't want, I didn't want Greg with the glasses to be like coaching my daughter through her first soccer <laughs> session, man. Like, you know. But isn't just, it sad when like coaches don't show up? Yeah. You guys kind of back into being coaches. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I mean, if you want to commit, like I know guys are working and, you know, this is really a strictly volunteer, but yeah, yeah. there's nothing sadder than a coach just being there for like the first two games and all of a sudden he doesn't show up anymore. Yeah, just like, ah, it's not worth it. And the guy that just so happened to be there with some sweatpants on that looks like he could do something is, is like the, the coach for the day. I've been that guy before. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. Like, you can't build a team without the right leadership, but that is, that it is helps. Kind of fun. It's a time commitment, man. It, 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 it is, definitely yeah. is. Like you, you got to do the practices, and you know you got to keep these guys entertained. You, you know, I got a coaching background with the with the martial arts stuff. Yeah, so I, that's that's the one thing I, I love. Kids, I I don't like disobedient kids, mm-hmm. and so that's mm-hmm. kind of the the way that we kind of did things when we were doing the martial arts. You, you, there was none of this kind of political correctness stuff. There no, was, there no, was, you no. drop master Khan was and punch know, cement for about can. 10 minutes. Yeah. And Our instructor was, was pretty, and shoot, I, I was known to mess up quite a few times over there. Yeah. So I had some center block treatment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Knuckle pushups and all that nonsense. But uh, that, by the way, that is still how I do pushups to this day. I can't uh, do like regular pushups except I on my mean, knuckles. That's the only way to do yeah. pushups. Man. Yeah. <laughs> on these, on these two knuckles. I was like, what about hardwood floor? It'd be like even better. Yeah. Great. Better support. You yeah. know, <laughs> what what female doesn't like callous knuckles on a guy, yeah. right? I mean, man, Jamal, our our teacher had 
just the rawest knuckles. It looked like rhinoceros skin, bro. Uh, <laughs> it was wild. Skin. Like he, yeah. yeah. Anyway. That's funny. I, I remember I took uh, I took karate after I saw Bloodsport. <laughs> And I thought that was your inspiration. I thought I thought the first day of class would look like you know the, the competition. Blood, blood sport, kickboxer. Those uh-huh. are, that's like the starter kit for wanting totally, to get man. into karate, man. That and, uh, and te- when I had teenage that, mutant ninja turtles, mm-hmm. the original. That uniform with no belt, and I was like, this ain't for me, man. In the, <laughs> you, in the green belt community gotta... center, like stepping on the floor, like getting dust and cat hair on my feet, like. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, this ain't it, man. This ain't it. Wondering oh, which kid man. out here is gonna give me athlete's foot, right? <laughs> like, damn, little Johnny looked dirty over there. <laughs> I know. I never had bag. more rashes on my feet than when I did taekwondo. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty yeah. bad. The um. So actually, before we were talking about, actually before we really started this, uh, we were commenting on Jamal's uh, silky voice and and his uh, ability. To, to do well you, you did a, a podcast uh, called your mark and this is it was kind of a yeah uh, an inspiration for me to start this i mentioned at the start of the show and, and we talked about that when you've been on the show yeah you could uh, ha- you could not have two different voices than jamal's <laughs> and mine it literally is like the 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 deepest thing in the world and then it's like little mickey mouse over here like, <laughs> it's just distinct like you know you got two distinct voices yeah. i hate my voice i i, I dude i did too man i, I hated my voice my recorded too. voice sounds weird to me like i sound better like this but if i go back and listen it kind of puts me off a little bit well, let's see i'm gonna i'm curious to see what you think about this after i uh give it a little bit of treatment okay we'll see we'll treatment. see All right. yeah the uh and i was gonna ask you what your dj name would have been if you were to have been <laughs> i had a snapchat personality i used to do these comedy sketches on snapchat um and i had a voice uh, a dj name of extra black slip mat <laughs> <laughs> he only made one appearance but people seem to remember that a lot so <laughs> he remember might come back you know well, he might come back i love it yeah be well, a long where weekend. did that come from? Like, what I don't is know, that? Man. <sighs> I think I, my brain is so full of this crazy stuff because I have such a <sighs> serious job. And when I get some time, yeah, um, you just kind of my imagination just gets unleashed. So, yeah. oh man, he might come back. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to start a petition. If you guys want Jamal to to, to <laughs> come back with the Snapchat uh, goodness, email the Dad Chronicle Podcast at gmail.com. I'll message. I'll send him all the messages. <laughs> Um, Yo, can we can we do like a like a mini docu like a docu podcast on life and times of three years of beep? Damn, maybe no shortage. You dropped the name. I wonder if I can bleep it. I'll bleep it. Yeah. Wait, wait. Make a noise. I'll throw that on top of it. Beep. Okay. I'm gonna cut that and put it over that, and it's still gonna say beep at the moment that you just said it. Jesus, man. Yeah. I was uh, telling Alex when I was on with him last time, and the stories I tell people about the things uh, that so, happened. Yeah, yeah. People look at me; they're just like, "Nah, you're, that never happened." That's yeah. like, real. No, that's real. I swear. It's enough of a name. I tell people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I've, I've heard of that place." Yeah, <laughs> like it's Oz or something. Like, I know, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah I picked up like, a MMA uh, world champion at the airport. Yeah, I drove him, drove him around. Denver to a Hispanic conference and then drove him and his manager back to the airport. And like, nice. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> no, no, for real sure, Joe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what was right. his name? Yeah, Kane Velasquez? Actually. It was two weeks after I met Frankie Edgar in my office, too. <laughs> Pretty crazy, what, huh? Dude, what a mess. What a mess. It's fantastic. All right. Well, um, it is good catching up with you guys, and, and we're here because I, I said, you know, these two dudes, we all, you know, work together, and it would be fun to get together. And, and you guys are both inspirations of mine as a father. Um, I think you guys have really great relationships with your kids, and I love seeing all the goodness on on social media. And uh, we we actually were talking about uh, one topic, and then um, Jamal brought up, you know, the political climate. And given the fact that, I mean, um, really when it all comes down to like all three of us are minorities Mm -hmm. here um, and kind of talking about what it's like to raise a kid in these times, um, I think that uh, the the current administration could be said to have, uh, you know, incited a little bit of this or, or maybe even brought to light some of the things that are happening. Um, So, you know, if politics are not your thing and you're starting to listen right now and perhaps you 
like like try to avoid this in all aspects of your life, maybe shut off the podcast. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're going to dive into some pretty sensitive stuff. Yeah. Um, Jamal, you want to take us through maybe your, your uh, experience, your uh, perspective on this topic as well as how it pertains to your kids? Yeah, so my kids are the age now, especially my oldest son. My kids are six and eight. My mm-hmm. oldest son especially, um, they like to watch the news with me in the morning. Even if and my dad always wow. told me, before you leave the house, know what the top stories are for the day. Just yeah. kind of watch this kind of, you know, one, two minute reel. And they actually watch, like it? Like they enjoy it? Or? Well, they wonder what's going on. Yeah, right? okay, good. My good. youngest that's, that's son is quality. very, he's still fascinated with natural disasters. Anything around yeah. wildfires or tornadoes, he's, he's tuned in. The but, hurricane and you know, stuff, they, was he watching all that? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. But they both still want to know. They know they're triggered by Trump's name because... Obviously, you know, we all know uh, what's going on with this administration and how mm-hmm. everything's a news story, right? Mm-hmm. And um, their grandmother, actually, on my on their mom's side, is very political also. She was a, a big Bernie supporter, so they were around the house when they when she had meetings and volunteer kind of link up. So they've always kind of been in this political environment. Um, my kids no longer watch just to watch now. They actually absorb these things. So mm-hmm. they want to know, you know, they want to know about the wall. They want to know about, you know what this policy means and, you know, as applies to them. So I try to give them enough to connect it to things that they know, right? Um, they go to a very diverse elementary school. So to them, they want to kind of know the impact of things. It's challenging though, to explain why arguably the most powerful man in the world has driven certain agendas, certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my oldest son, um, you know, his, his best friend was uh, Pakistani, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've got friends of all different types of races. It, it wasn't like that where I grew up. I grew up in a pretty much 100% black area. Mm-hmm. Um, but when these things touch different ethnic groups, uh, I try my best to give them a kind of balanced perspective. But, you know, honestly, based on my political leanings, I can't explain everything away. Yeah. And they want to know that. And I want to be forthright about it. I don't want to sugarcoat it, you know. Yeah, I yeah. Let them know that this, you know this is a very xenophobic type of approach to governing uh, basically a man who's supposed to be working for you. Right. Yep. Um, so it's, it's not as easy as again, just kind of flipping the channel. Now my kids want to know what's going on. Yeah. And I think it's my duty to be, you know, completely clear with them about it. I think that's fair. I mean, yeah. you know, you you have to approach these topics while sensitive. I think it's important to be as transparent as appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would agree with that approach. Yeah. How about you, Joe? We don't do politics with our kids. No. Um, it, it, it's not, how do I put this? It's not to hide anything. Uh, I, I'm not, we have the dynamic of the, of the, of the two divorced families coming together, right? Uh, we have yep. enough, we have enough stuff going on in our lives. Um, and it's not to say that it, it doesn't mean that things don't exist. Yep. There's a lot of shit out there that I, I, I'm just, my jaw does drop. Um, I will, without getting into complete details here, I do do social media consulting for a a group that it runs right. Mm -hmm. Um, they're not, this is not Breitbart. It's not Infowars. I'm not going to name who, who, who I'm consulting for, but what I will say is that there, there, there is, and there should be an approach to how things are done. Mm-hmm. And it was done back in the eighties and the nineties. It was done where you could have two sides, um, discussing things with rationale and, and with uh, respect for each other. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of those things, uh, b- blame goes both ways to be quite frank with yeah, you I back agree in with 2015 mm-hmm. when all of this stuff got started and, and Trump was a joke, which is what this started out as. I mean, yep. there's clips upon clips that yeah. talk about, Oh, you know, they laughed. They laughed at it. Yeah, because I, I very well remember. Sorry to interrupt, but, but no, on good. that note, it was like I remember literally hearing him. We're gonna, uh, I'm running for president. We're going to, and then like I was like, okay, interesting. And then he said something about building a wall, and I was like, oh boy, like right. just yeah. kind of. Yeah. And right. and, yeah. and I mean, here we are. Yeah, uh, exactly. Here, here we are, and they they. That's that's the way that 62 million people decided to go. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, there's there's all this nonsense. Not, I shouldn't say nonsense because some of it seems real. And some Lord only knows what is fiction and what is fact at this point, to be yeah, honest exactly. with you. Yeah. But the fact that it's even that we're even talking about it, I do find it to be quite hypocritical of anyone on the right 
to be sitting there throwing stones at people on the left when if Obama had done any of the things yeah. that, that Trump is getting away with now or is said to have been getting away with, yeah. um, he would have been destroyed for it. Oh, and yeah. so that you know the, the hypocritical nature it, it just seems to have intensified from what it used to be mm-hmm. and a perfect example of this is my, my dad ran a travel agency he started it back in 1980 so my parents came over in the 60s um they waited 10 years for their citizenship so mm-hmm. they they did mm-hmm. their they did, did their they come stay from? uh from my, from Honduras via Sicily for my dad from Honduras uh from Honduras for my mom mm-hmm. um, straight over so mm-hmm. um and they came over for a better life they had a really good life in Honduras and they, and they put it aside and they wanted to do better for their kids. So they brought them over here. Um, they decided at that point that they were going to lean to the right. Mm-hmm. And that's the way they went. Um, like I said, they were earlier, they were Reagan Republicans mm-hmm. and my dad, he opens up this small business. He has his travel agency for 30 years. One of his number one clients was a, uh, chairman of the national democratic Institute. So uh-huh. imagine this, right? Reagan Republican his number yeah. one client is running one of the yep. biggest democratic campaigns in DC. And you would never know it from the two of them going out to dinner, uh, the two of them mm-hmm. spending as much time as they did together. We knew each other's families. Yeah. Um, and it's just you could have those conversations because we weren't talking about the volatile things that we're talking about now. And, and yes. now that we've got emotions involved with social media, mm-hmm. it means that everybody's opinion all it takes is one person to retweet somebody's inflammatory, you say what, yep. and then we've got all hell breaking loose on yeah. whatever side it is. Yeah. Um, yep. Crazy is crazy, man. And what we really, Maggie and I have decided to do is to teach our kids what's right, what's wrong. When you see something wrong, this is what you do. You talk to a teacher, you say something to somebody, yeah. you don't allow people to go out and pick on people or bully people. Yeah. That's not what we live by. Mm-hmm. You're a Christian. You're, you believe in God. Mm-hmm. God doesn't like ugly, never mm-hmm. has, never mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's really kind of, that's the path. Now, if Mia comes up and starts asking questions about, you know, uh, kids at school tell me that so-and-so is going to get deported. Well, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're, let's go talk to your teacher yeah. and let's go yeah. have that conversation. Yeah. Regardless of what I do for employment, uh, you know, Look, man, I'll consult for anybody who's going to come over and, and ask me for my opinion on how they yeah. should market or do mm-hmm. something. I tell you what, if they come and ask me to market something about, you know, we want to we want to dress up the clan. We want to we want to do, mm-hmm. you know, some crazy ass shit. I'm not going to be about that life because I'm yeah. not about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, and that's. Um, a, yeah. I, I think that what's uh, been a, a, like, like for me, um, kind of seeing how things have been kind of rolling over the past few years. Uh, it, it's it's made me reflect a lot on those ethical, uh, fundamental ethical beliefs that I think you grow up with. Um, me, I've I consider myself independent. I don't mm-hmm. I don't really lean mm-hmm. one way or the other. I, I tend to have um, uh, kind of an understanding of both sides, and I, I I'm kind of like that a la carte uh, <laughs> from a political <laughs> perspective, right? Yeah. And uh, I I've seen a lot of what has been, um, you know, certainly thrown out there in the media uh, about some of the things that 45 has said and some of the things that, you know, Republicans, Democrats, whoever had, have said and done. And I realized that just doesn't jive with me morally, mm-hmm. My, mm-hmm. my upbringing, the things that my parents have gone out of their way to teach me. The yeah. things that, you know, like you, I'm looking at you, Joe, like when we learned things in Taekwondo from Master Khan, he instilled very specific it, um, values and core integral parts of our personality that were about respect, love, self-discipline, mm-hmm. things like that. And uh, that has been especially prominent yeah. for me personally. Yeah. And so, you know, like when I see a lot of the stuff coming out, especially around race, around um, xenophobia, um, these issues with Muslims, etc., um the first thing that comes to mind for me personally is like what my parents went, well, what, what my dad went through and his parents went through to get here. My mom, uh, is American, you know, her family's been here for forever, but my dad came over from Cuba. Um, if you go back and listen to my dad's story, he, I actually interviewed him on this show and he kind of shares some of his insight, you know, um, it, it's completely counterintuitive to hear close off the borders, uh, 
because these people coming over are rapists mm-hmm. or these mm-hmm. people coming over are terrorists because, you know, if you look at what my grandfather did, he started a business. Um, he worked three jobs at, in some cases. Very uh, and and my grandmother too. Like like these are hardworking people that just right. want to provide, yeah. have a new life. They did it all legal. They did it legally. I think mm-hmm. that's something to caveat. Just like Joe said, um, it just doesn't jive with me, and, and that's my biggest problem. So yeah. like you know, I I kind of agree, Jamal. Like if if Arya is so young now, where she's one and a half, she has no idea what what's going on. Mm-hmm. But if she's going to start questioning some of these things. You know, it's like, okay, well, this is kind of, this is how it goes. What do you guys think is that line that you don't want to, you don't want to like, like, you don't want to be like, yeah, certainly sugarcoating, Mm -hmm. but you also don't want to go into like the slimy, grimy details that, you know, it's a kid. Like, I mean, I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to graphically, um, <laughs> graphically tar my kids' uh, entire perception of reality or mm-hmm. society yeah. over some stupid shit that's being said by whoever name name whoever you want to. Right. Um, what I am what I am going to do is call black black red red white white and yellow yellow. Every what you see is mm-hmm. is yeah. what you get. Mm-hmm. Every Mia has come up to me. She has come up to me and asked me about certain things, and I just say he's a buffoon. <laughs> he's a buffoon. I, I don't know why I don't, you, you talk about there's, there's, there's more ways to get to a number than just one equation, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. two, two plus two, one plus three, whatever. There was a way for him to talk about the things that they wanted to accomplish. And he completely swung and missed on the delivery of it, on the application of it yeah. on the there's just like a checklist of things mm-hmm. where it's just if you have somebody with any intelligent brain they could have come on and said okay no no you don't want to say that because you would be offending this you mm-hmm. don't want to say that because you're being a racist against this yeah it's just and so having to deal with like having to explain that to a kid I don't really even know where to start. You just call stupid is stupid. Honey. Yeah. I'm sorry. Don't, <laughs> okay. don't, don't yeah, do yeah. that. And, and what he's talking about, it's, it's just, it's, it's buffoonery. I, it's, it's, it's sure fuckery. So yeah. please don't. Yeah. I, I try to explain things to the kids in very general terms. So yeah. some people, this, or this group of people, this, I don't want to single things out. And what I kind of shield them from is the outright hatred. You know, if I speak history, I kind of take things up to a certain point, but I won't get, as Joe mentioned, you know, very graphic about, you know, the kind of stains on our history. I just, I, I don't want to expose them too much. Um, if I know of, uh, you know, sometimes they ask to see things because they, you know, and we can talk about, you know, them being digital natives and the fact that they have access to essentially everything. Yeah, that, yeah that's true. Right. Um, but, you know, I try well, to. Now we try to uh, keep them from it. They yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, I mean, How we, old were you when you, when you, when you understood what what, when I had a what black moment. history is yeah i remember vividly i was in a i was in fifth grade and um i got transferred to a magnet school my mom had me on the waiting list to get into a science and math enrichment program yeah and i went to like you know catholic school and then like a terrible elementary school leading up to that and i finally got in and i get to a school that's in a you know majority white area mm-hmm. And, you know, I got called to N-word my first week of school, right? Holy cow. So, you know, that's when I began to realize it's a a different world than what I I had seen before. Um, And, you know, I was 10 years old. I was stunned more than anything. You know, I'd heard the word, but I never expected to have it tossed at me. Um, But, you know, these are types of experiences that... um, we're all going to have to deal with it in some sort of way. My kids are going to have to deal with it. Have they had to deal with it yet? Not, no, not that I'm aware of. I mean, again, I'm, I'm thankful that they're in a very diverse school now. Uh, their school is nothing like mine. Um, so that's, it's a trade off, right? They're yeah. exposed to different things and cultures, um, early, but, uh, you know, they might experience something like a slur early than I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in law school, I had a guy probably in his late forties, fifties, um, use the word colored in, you know, 2002, uh, I was, I was, you could have heard a, a needle scratch the record. Oh, at the, at God, the party that's I like was one at. of the most cringiest things I've ever heard. That's but terrible. you know, I'd almost rather here, <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, this guy came from, uh, probably the re- most remote part of Michigan that you could ever think of. Uh, 
uh, I, I don't, I'm not excusing anything, but I don't disregard yeah. anybody's background when it comes to. But you also wonder, like, what, like, like, I think there's a lot to take into context with some folks who do. It's like, is that just, was that completely innocent? You know, like, uh, certainly it's not what you want to say, but yeah. like, you know, to them, is it, is he just like, oh, that's just what I. This guy really knew no better. And yeah, I, I would yeah. be able to tell if he was not being genuine. He totally did not know. I mean, that's just yeah. what. Granted, he probably lived in a time capsule where he was, but yeah, everybody yeah. doesn't have the same experience as we do. So right. I think that's one of the cool things about living where we live. Certainly, with um, yeah. all the problems that that the DC area has, mm-hmm. one of the coolest things is that I was able to grow up with kids of all backgrounds, races, mm-hmm. uh, cultures, and I got to experience that. Like I, I got to understand, and I have such appreciation for you know the food the culture mm-hmm. the the languages the the beliefs yeah. yeah and seeing you know just truly how innocent a lot of it is yeah that, that matters man i wanted to get i wanted to talk though about um because i think you know our kids are are all they don't know the world before the internet or yeah. you know anything like that and if there's any positive if you can really paint it that way that's come out of um the backlash to this administration is my kids have learned the power of utilizing the internet first and foremost, and then social media. They don't have accounts, obviously, but um, I think a funny example is when Toys R Us shut down, which was like traumatic to us because we only knew that growing up, and um, especially for them because we said, you know, I, I like buying my kids stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't really believe in spoiling, but you know, I think you know they're good kids, and they it gives daddy some adult time too if they're ever able to play with something for a little while. <laughs> uh, but when it when it shut down, um, and we had seen the, the news leading up to it, they said, "I want to organize a protest to keep Toys R Us open." Wow! The only reason they know about protests is because they know how social media is leveraged to organize people very rapidly, right? That's true. Um, and I thought that was like the cutest thing in the world. But you know, yeah. at the same time, I'm like they they know already how these online tools can help them, right? That's so amazing. for every and, you know, the bad thing about so there's always a good and a bad to the Internet uh, for every bigot and wherever gets, that gets a voice and gets yeah. retweeted and shared. Um, you know, there are people connecting lives across the world. Yeah. Um, there are people that have an empathetic here about, you know, I understand what's I mean. Yeah, I might be in Canada, but I understand what's going on in your country. Yeah. Um, is there a way I can help? You know, I can get these resources together for you. Um, you can spread this video. So my kids love recording things. They love. They I wonder where they likes. get that from. <laughs> well, they always ask me, how many likes did that video get? Like oh, looking yeah? over my shoulder. Yeah, yeah. But they've, they've learned, I, I think they understand the power of social media and how, you know, in, in a tough climate like this, you can still find people that are in the same yeah. level as you, whether it be, you know, ideologically, spiritually, you know, what have you. And we can organize and find a haven, right, that may not be available in any kind of regular day to day. Yeah. Yeah, true. Joe, anything you want to add on to the social media thing from your perspective? This is kind of what you do. It's uh it's a powerful tool indeed, man, and unfortunately, it's in the hands of 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 good and bad people, man. Yeah. Uh and I wish more good people understood the power of it and and the power of their words because uh words matter now more than they ever have before. Yeah. Um so uh, I you know teaching our kids responsible it's crazy though like I, you watch i watch my three-year-old manage an ipad bro it's just, it looks like something out of oh, like straight fiction man it's that like fantasies like yeah. minority report like yeah. just kind of going all over the place <laughs> yeah, no, and i'm just like yo oh, jonathan man. first got a we gave him an iphone um didn't have any you know network on it it was just mm-hmm. connected to the wireless in the house sure and um he learned how to open netflix he would watch movies and at the time, he wouldn't go to sleep, you know, on his own. So we would give him, it was terrible, we'd give him the phone and wait for him to tire himself out. I remember I played Skyrim to like three in the morning one day. Did you? Contact lenses dry, like just <laughs> totally like oh, I got, yeah. like I had to unplug. Because you could play that game for like 24 hours straight. Yeah, yeah. And I came it upstairs and I peeked in his room just to see if he was asleep. 
It was like just fiddling, like going on. He was like on movie number five, like <laughs> wide awake. It was like, oh my God, like what have we done? But that's what they know, right? Yeah, and, they know uh, the technology, man. Aria, Aria uh, we call them Aria Productions because we'll put it in selfie mode and she'll, yeah. she'll turn on the video and then she'll walk around with it. Yeah. And she just like walks around and she's like telling everybody about everything that she's doing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. See, you know, my, my theory on why our particular that that if you're in your late 30s to like mid 30s we're so good at searching it's because we knew what it was like to search without the internet we're yeah, that dude. last group mm-hmm. who's connected to the new technology so we understand everything that's, that is, ahead that's of a us. good point but we also have that little pocket of time where it was like we were uh, in the car catalog. Do you remember a bibliography? Yeah. Do you remember walking in and we seeing the in... microfish? Like in the, yeah, in the, we were in the... How does this thing work? You know, drop that thing down. You're like, oh, this is like an x-ray. You know? Yeah. My <laughs> folks had two sets of Encyclopedia Britannicas. Yeah. Did they? And I cited them to death. So yeah, when we got the internet, I remember the first thing I saw was like, uh, like a video of Jimi Hendrix. And I was like, mind, mind blown. blown. So yeah, yeah, you're right. We have an appreciation for what we went through because... I was Dude, definitely I had, Dewey Decimal back in the day. <laughs> I am. I, I think I'm, I'm kind of scared to think what we would have asked YouTube back in like. Oh, oh man, oh, I would have gotten in so much man, trouble, man. Please. In the '90s. Oh yeah. Mid '90s. Come on, man. You see that? Just like it's the guys so seen for the 80th time. Yeah. <laughs> just one of the guys. I, I am of that generation where it's like, where you have where it's like instant gratification, mm-hmm. right? So like, if I can't search for it. And I can't find it immediately. I'm like, well, this is a complete waste of my time. I need to find somebody who knows the answer. And like things get frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally me. My kids are the same way. Like they feel so inconvenienced when the Wi-Fi doesn't connect within three seconds of entering the house. Yeah. Son will literally start crying and like bringing them in. Like, I can't connect. Like, dude, yeah. give it like on. two more seconds. I feel like bro. the us you throw the old man. Why'd you connect your butt to that seat and do some research? You're like, back in my day, you had to leave Kazaa on for 25 oh, minutes man. to download oh, one song. <laughs> like one song. You get one album one and three viruses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were cycling computers we were my, in and out. We were at my parents' house. This is like. Uh, I just had it like a couple months ago, and Mia, Mia finds this little cassette player. What's this? What does this do? Oh my god! Like, so you open this, and luckily I had an AM FM. What? On, so yeah. I was like, you open Dude. it. Hold on, let me get some headphones. And so I plug in the headphones. Yeah. And I put on the the AM. What is that? What is that? It's like it's a radio, honey. It's a radio. God, that's so funny, man. That is amazing. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's it's like a it's like a straight time. It's like when Michael J. Fox like go back in time and he's like doing the whole yellow costume bit. Yeah. 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 Like when they uh like they put uh actual rotary phones like in front of kids and they're trying to like figure it out. Yes. Yeah. You've seen those videos, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's good stuff. Kids listening to the nineties music. Yeah. I have no idea. What I have no idea. Sometimes my kids tell me to turn songs off, and I get genuinely upset. <laughs> like, don't speak to me on the way home. Like this is this is it. You know what? To t- I got a question for you, man. With yeah. with the the music that we listened to, man, mm-hmm. growing up. Mm-hmm. All right, good ass hip hop, mm-hmm. strong ass lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How 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 do you how do you explain to your kids? It's not okay for them to say it. It is okay if it's in a song. G- give us a lyric. Is it okay? Give us a lyric, Man, Joe. Come on, let's what? go. Drop some Biggie Rock. Nah, some nah. Biggie Smalls in here. Like, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. I've had to have you the mean golden era, with, like Ready to Die, the Chronic, Doggy Style. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I heard uh, It Ain't Easy. Or, uh, man, number four, track number four on Doggy Style. Um, man, now it's going gonna, it's gonna to slip up. my mind now. Ain't no fun. Ain't no fun. Oh, okay. Okay, that, that can, is You it. can't that play is that it. around your kids, man. I can't, but eventually what my my kid grows up, he hears it, he's yeah. like, damn, dad. And then I say, You don't sing that song out loud, right? Like that's that's really kind of what this boils down to. Right, right. There's I I'm I'll say this. I'm thankful for Apple Music because I don't have to purchase clean versions of albums, which is what I can that's the only thing I can play in the house. Yeah. Or in the car is a clean yeah. version. But my kids, you know, I mean, look, they they've heard stuff, so they can almost fill in the blanks at this point. Yeah, I'm not ready to take them through that part of the music. Right? But I'm how, like, how does think. that? I mean, they curse now, though. 
Yeah, I was They're about to say, how is that now, different sure. from like anything going on today? Stuff now is arguably the, just the same. You ever yeah. Takashi? You ever Six Nine stuff? That dude uh, is these 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 boys tattooing their foreheads. Yeah, man. Like, I'm, I'm having yeah. a little bit of trouble with. He's like with an that old man. Saying I was about that, to say, all right, no, man. look, yeah, I mean, is... call it what it is, though. I mean, I did, coming out of high school, my dad was just like, all right, whatever you do, just make sure you know. Yeah. This is your business face. So, what was that like? <laughs> you know, you, you talked about it a little uh, bit before we started recording. I mean, like, what was that like growing up listening to that music, and you know, kind of being of a different it, look? It was. Uh, my parents didn't really. My parents are both big music people, and I think you know, my dad especially. I remember growing up seeing um, vinyl in the house, and oh, like. Yeah. Parliament Funkadelic albums, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Bootsy Collins, the most strange looking artwork that you would see. Um, he would tell me about Earth, Wind, and Fire shows, and you know, you know, then you get into the old dirty comedians like Rudy Ray Moore. I think he took it as entertainment, and it never had any kind of detrimental effect on me. So when I was buying Onyx albums and Warren G and you know Doggy Style and stuff like that, he, he was cool with it. Um, my youngest son has a tendency to curse. I mean, really? And he's told me one of the, the best things about being an adult is cursing. <laughs> he said that last week. And I said, all right, if that's what you... One of the <laughs> best things. You. But I mean, so I, I, I try to kind of guard that. But I, I'm looking forward to explaining to them how hip-hop has evolved. Like, you know, I mean, hip-hop in, in our time was really... Um, you know, it was a, a, a street pulse, right? Yeah. Whatever was going on in the hood was like you know, big. And then we moved into a more glamour and glitz era. And now we, you know, it's, it's shifted. So I'm looking forward to kind of explaining them the backdrop at that time. I just, I, I can't play certain things for them. Not if I played, if I played a clean version of Ain't No Fun, it would be like 30 seconds straight of air. It'd be like doing Goodfellas on bleep. Everything would be bleeped. <laughs> yeah. What was like the movie is? I think it was like, you know, guys remember like the boondocks? Remember that show? Yeah. You guys yeah, remember that show? Yeah, of course. They were like playing some rap song and, and like literally the song was like, you turn on NBA 2K now and hear a clean version of a song. It sounds just like that. Yeah. It's just good. You need to put it in there. It just sounds like mixed up syllables. Yeah. Yeah. They also have the they they do the YouTube mixes of like Goodfellas in two minutes and it's like you motherfucker you fuck you fuck motherfucker it's just like Joe Pesci cursing the entire two minutes it's just, all right and that's a movie that's a wrap oh god it's so um, good with with me I I I actually had a really weird taste in music when I was a kid I listened to uh, one one hundred point three it was called Big one hundred point three and they play oldies yeah um so I was down with like earth wind and fire yeah. back when i was like seventh and eighth grade so mm-hmm. my friends are listening to kind of like sublime and and 311 and all that and i'm, I'm over here like chilling on the dock of the bay with otis redding <laughs> yeah. um, but i also had the rap side because a lot of my friends so i went to paula six a lot of all my friends 85 percent of my friends went to braddock yeah. and i was i was from you know all the all the characters from from cons yep um that's all we did, man. We we played basketball mm-hmm. uh, outside at Braddock. Um, we did karate and we listened to hip hop. Yeah. And yeah. that's that was the time when Snoop was there, Dre mm-hmm. was there. Um, you know, towards the late nineties, Eminem was getting started. Yeah. And it was it was crazy lyrics that my parents hated. They absolutely despised <laughs> yeah. it. Um, but I, w- I would switch back and forth uh, between that oldies music and then that's pretty much me too. And then my hip hop, man. Yeah. I just have an appreciation for. Yeah. Yeah. For oldies, man, not not too far back, man, because you start going to that 40s, 50s. I don't know how those people lived, <laughs> but you know, 60s, 70s, man, things started yeah. getting yeah, golden, started a little funky. Yeah. That so, you know, um, I think there's an interesting perception when you know you're rolling down the street with like freaking big ass subwoofers mm. in the back, <laughs> and you get that you get next to that cop <laughs> who's like looking over at you, and you're like, you got some really heavy bass yeah. song. And you're playing rap music. And I think that there's almost like a little bit of a stigma there with that. That was more like your all's generation. Sure. I was shortly behind. Yeah. yeah but sure. like, what was that like pulling up next to, you know, some figure of authority or something and, and potentially being seen as, you know, uh, a hooligan? <laughs> I think for, for me, part of it was part of it was kind of like the act yeah 
I, I kind of wanted that attention. I yeah. kind of wanted to be a, a, a the bad kid, the bad yeah. brown kid, and the and the accurate integral with the loud ass music blasting through Burke like a little animal. <laughs> you know, like I uh, I, I kind of you know heads turn when you're running through that. Yeah. You got we got Rob Bass on the back, like <laughs> things rattling. The, the all you hear is it, it's like <laughs> you know just traveling <laughs> traveling through the, this peaceful neighborhood at nine thirty in the morning, like I'm all, taking extra roads to get where I gotta go. Like I, I, I did call for some of the attention. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. that's absolutely true. Now, did some of the harassment justify some of the stuff that I didn't know? Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've man, I've been tailed for two miles mm-hmm. all the way from Fairfax Hospital all the way back to my house. I've been stared at. I've been asked what I was doing in places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've 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 witnessed a lot of that crap. I used yep. to be a little bit darker than I am now, but um, uh, it, it it was. Yeah, it had everything to do with how I looked and what I was listening to. I yeah. mean, but I made a point to let everybody know what I look like and what I was listening to. Yeah, it's, so it, it, Joe's right. It was part of the act. I mean, I, I embraced it too. Um, I was a backpacker, so I was one of the. I listened to like anything from mainstream rap to what I would call nosebleed rap, which is so geeky and obtuse that you know nobody would really understand it. But it was part of it was part of me and. A lot of hip hop was, you know, it. Some still is is rebellion, right? Yeah. Um, it's you know those who don't want or don't like your kind or your type, and also, uh, you know, rebellion against you know certain forces, police, you know, law enforcement, um, people who seemingly don't want to make you happy. Now, you know, I'm ten years old living this stuff. I didn't really experience it, but yeah. you absorb so much as a young child from yeah. uh, from TV. Uh, that we just kind of carried that with us, like Joe said. I'm yeah. still flex now, you know. Yeah, I'm an executive, but you know, please believe I'm gonna roll up playing whatever I want to play, <laughs> and I'm a, I'll still go in and brief the CEO, you know, an hour later, right? Yeah. Um, because but it's, this it's time you're doing a Mercedes head. instead of a broken down like oh right <laughs> right yeah my old uh, Pontiac Sunfire that had dents <laughs> all over it, right? Yeah, yeah, but no, it's just, it's it's part of us, and I love the fact that my kids love music just as much as me. Yeah. Um. My youngest son listens to Soka, right? I didn't yeah. listen to that, but that's just what he likes, you know? And my oldest son listens to hip-hop, and he asked me what things mean. Um, you know, what was weird was when um, when XXX Tentacion died. I didn't know he listened to that, you know? But that was he and his friends, like, one of their favorite artists. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to him, that, that impacted him. Maybe as much as, you know, I don't want Pac or Biggie died for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are, like, the who they look up to and who they listen to. So um, music is so cathartic, and it's so... For me, it's just like a necessary element of my life. Yeah, like, and I, I love and you have to be. Music. Yeah, I mean, I think music does something to the soul. Oh yeah, and, and uh, those were gut punches, man. When those two died, oh, mm, Biggie and Biggie Tupac. And Tupac. It was, surreal, yeah. it was so surreal. yeah, it was so close together too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The only thing I can even remotely remember the same way, the same type of feeling for for somebody obviously in like entertainment sports uh, impact was when Sean Taylor. Uh, mm. oh, when man. he died yeah. in the 2000s, man, it was yeah. it was so weird, man. That I have to jump off point, but no, that's fine. I remember watching it, and selfishly, I felt like an asshole afterwards. Selfishly, I was just like, man, I hope I hope he's gonna be all right for like three weeks from now. Like you know, <laughs> to be able to play, like and yeah. to get, like you just yeah. go to that, and it's like nah, they're, yeah. they're done. Like it's. And so, if I'm, you know, going back to the Biggie and Tupac, it was just like, well, you mean they're never going to make music again, man? That's that's insane. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's so yeah. much talent, man. They had so many good tracks. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I typically, like, wonder if those two were still around, what it would look like today in that landscape. I, I think, man, I always think about uh, their deaths in the, in the scheme of hip-hop. And I think um, the culture, like... Well, it, from it, a race perspective, from a culture perspective, yeah, yeah. every like oh, yeah. mm-hmm. how that was so impactful, you know. I don't think certain artists would be who they are had these two not passed. No, exactly. Would Jay be who he was? Career have taken that arc? If, right. You know, Biggie. I don't. I don't think so. Right? right. Yeah. Um. But they left such an impression, and um. Yeah, man, those were our our icons growing up. Right. Yeah, I was in eleventh grade when you know Pac died. Uh, then Biggie. I was. You know, it was just. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was just really incredible. Yeah. Power of really good music, man. It's yeah. all really it good music. You, it stays with you for life. Spiritual. Yeah, I mean, it's you so know. amazing how you, uh, we were just driving the other day. We were 
all of a sudden a song came on. I swear to God, man, I could not tell you what I had for lunch yesterday. But that, you remember every the minute word that of track every verse? hits and you're just like, Wu-Tang, it was Wu-Tang Triumph. Oh, and I swear yeah. to God, it oh, was like course. every verse I felt like they were testing me. I was like, oh, you think I forgot this one too, huh? <laughs> all right. I'm atomically Socrates philosophy. You know, I was just like, all right, all right. I, yeah. I got you. I got yeah, you. Radio edit. That's what we retained. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Swore swinging, like, that's funny. Yeah, My daughter's yeah. looking at me with strange eyes in the back. She's like, well, mm-hmm. What are you seeing? That's when the old man is coming. You don't know anything about this. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> do, you, do you ever turn like old man on your boys? Like, all the time. All when the they tell time. me to turn my music off, all the time. yeah. Because I, I cue it up, you know, yeah. I give them some history. I, you know, daddy, listen to this when you know, 19. 19- 88, you know, that's why I would go to my sister's. My sister was way older than me. I would go to my sister's room when she left for the night, and I would take her beeper and put it on. Even though it wasn't, it wasn't working, I would put her, her leather kangle on and go scratch her. And then I played this Dougie Fresh album, and I pressed the button. They'd be like, can we listen to something else? And that's when I go on my rant. I start shaking my fists. And like, yeah. Does your voice change? Yes. Yeah. yeah all that. All yeah. that. They like some of my stuff. Yeah. You know, I can get through on certain things, but... My success rate is about 20, 30%. <laughs> I was like, old oh, man, turn that music off. Turn off that lo fi hip hop. <laughs> oh, God, that's so funny. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that's funny. Uh, no, this has been a good, a good conversation, gentlemen. I, um, I appreciate your all's perspectives on, on this topic and often misunderstood um, segment of, of popular culture of, of the, and the way people perceive um you know folks of of uh various backgrounds ethnicities Mm -hmm. cultures um and i think that what it really all comes down to is like i think we have to just accept each other for who we are and respect it um to, to joe's point before it's like it what happened to the days of when you know if if i'm a democrat and you're a republican like we can't just sit down and have a meal together yeah and it's become so divisive over a number of things, including race, mm-hmm. and it's and it's extremely sad. Well, and I, I think a lot of time what gets lost while all these people fight on the outside, the people who are representing those people, mm-hmm. all you got to do is walk into uh, Charlie Palmer's Steakhouse downtown, and, and they're sitting right across from each other enjoying a $65 meal yeah. together. Yeah. So yeah. while everybody else is killing themselves yep. over these arguments and stuff, it's um, amazing. a lot of relationships have been changed. A yeah. lot of relationships. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, hopefully, hopefully it gets better, man. You yeah. pray that it gets better. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like we've reverted in some aspects, mm-hmm. um, in, in my short 30 years on this earth, but you know, just kind of hearing what my parents had gone through is, as kids and seeing some of the things that had happened in their time. But uh, certainly, you know, you hope how it gets better. I mean, for, for, so from your all's perspective, I always like to leave the show with some words of wisdom. And, and if um, if you guys had to provide some perspective to other dads who may be dealing with, um, you know, the racial divide issue or, or, or political divide, anything that is causing divisiveness in their lives, what, what would you say to them? I mean, for me, it's um, in dealing with these, uh, which we I think we can all universally recognize as kind of difficult topics. Um, I like walking my kids through real life examples. Yeah. Um, I will give you something that's in the media and apply it to your friendship circle, um, you know, your family members, uh, where we live, um, where your grandparents live. Um, I want to take the kids up to the point of making their own decisions, though. So. Um, I do more to educate than I do to shape. I want my kids at this point to kind of develop their own opinions. Um, if I see them kind of running roughshod over an issue without, you know, in my opinion, having an adequate background, I want to, uh, to explain to them, you know, that's fine. But you know, these, these are kind of, kind of pieces to kind of take with you. Right. Um, it, it, look, this can be a very challenging, um, environment to, to work in. Um, but you know, ultimately, our kids, I think, will be okay. You know, the yeah. right guidance from parents goes at a tremendously long way, and you don't realize that to a lot of these things, these concepts you're instilling now come back to you. Yeah, my th- daddy said this. Yeah, and I understand now. You know, and that's what really makes everything that much more worthwhile. I think at the end of the day, more good people outweigh the bad, and and totally we have an opportunity to 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 contribute to the good. Yeah. So, Joe, how about you? As as dads. 
at least from my perspective, the, from the minute that I met Nick till the, the, the second that Angela was born, um, as dads, we have a responsibility to raise responsible, law-abiding, respectful kids so that they grow up to be productive adults in our society. If a kid is a racist, and I'll show you a racist parent. Mm-hmm. If your kid's yeah. an asshole, yeah. I'll show you an asshole parent. Yeah. And yep. so if all of us did our jobs the way that we're supposed to, when you, when you have a kid, uh-huh. it's not, a, it's not a, it's not a fucking toy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you don't get to just like put it back when you're done and, right. and let, or let somebody else do it. It's, it's, it, it is, requires yeah. a it's lot a of shit, supervision. Mm-hmm. It requires mm-hmm. a lot of attention and you raise your kids right. And you'll, it, it's the greatest investment. I don't, it's better than any stock you can buy. Yep. It's better than any material possession you can purchase. Yep. It's better than any car. Uh, it's the number one investment. You invest in your kids. It will, it will, God will pay you in many, many, many mm-hmm. ways. It's the so, most rewarding thing in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. So the yep. least we can do is, is raise them in a meaningful, healthy way. So gentlemen, thank you very much for, and this has been a, a great session of the round table. Again, this is a new concept that I'm trying out for the dad chronicle. I hope you guys had fun. I had fun talking about it, even though it was a deep topic. I hope those people who, who checked out the political portion, I hope they came back for like the, the rest for, for of the it, fun man. stuff. For the, like, you have to the give them the marker and be like, Hey, if you don't want politics, just stay out of this little like portion right spoiler. here. Yeah. Uh, yeah right. Yeah, maybe maybe all right. I'll, I'll figure that out. Not yeah. to figure that out. Yeah. Um, so where, where can they reach you, Jamal? If people wanted to follow you or like, where, where can people check you out? Uh, Let's see, Facebook, uh, Jamal A. Smith. Um, my Instagram is Molly underscore gardens, M-A-L-L-Y underscore gardens. Um, and if you want to pop over to my IGTV for my page, that's where all my Snapchat sketches are. So nice. if you want to see Slip Mat or anything else, uh, you see me with a t-shirt on my head imitating my mom, it's all there. <laughs> Plenty it's, of videos to dig good. into. Yeah. It is goodness. That's right. Love it. How about you, Joe? Musty TV, man. Jamal is musty TV. <laughs> this is uh, Jamal's hype man over here. He, he, besides <laughs> besides running 97.1 uh, Loveline, he also needs to uh, have his own show. Facebook Watch, bro. It's made for you. Yeah. You got to get on that. Um, Joe Glow one Twitter, Instagram, and uh, shout out to uh, Hoop District, which is my yes, basketball blog. Right. Uh, we're actually more than a blog. We're a media company. We we do a lot of stuff. We cover the Wizards. It's going to be a lot of fun this year. How about and those Redskins, by the way? Just shout from out to my guys sports. at the Sports Capital. Yeah. Uh, I was impressed by the word yesterday. Man. Holy cow. That was, that was, that, that was good. Yeah. yeah. Kind of yeah. made me excited. Like I, I feel like Frank the Tank every time I go out there, man. Living the dream, bro. <laughs> <laughs> living, living, living the dream. Wasn't, uh, even, wasn't even a photographer back in 2010. And your work is fantastic. Here you are, bro. man. I appreciate like, it. Really it. Amazing, yeah. Man. I appreciate yeah. it, guys. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again, and we'll see everybody next time. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.